Welcome to Christ Church. The following is a homily from our Sunday morning gathering in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Enjoy. Good morning, Christ Church. Can everyone hear me on the mic? I was raised by my grandmother, and so I think I have the technological abilities of my parents' generation. Um, so sometimes it's hard to operate a mic. So this last Friday, um, our story group came over to our house, and I revealed to them, you can be seated, I suppose. Um, <laughs> I revealed to them that I have a terrible secret, and that terrible secret is that I have terrible stage fright. And Nikki proceeded to give me the classic advice that I should picture everyone in their underwear. Nikki, do you want to wave your hand? <clears throat> so, if you see me avoiding eye contact, you'll know why. Um, I also tried going to the bathroom beforehand, and I still have to go to the bathroom. So, um, if I start dancing, it's not because of the Holy Spirit. Um, it might be because of the Holy Spirit. More, more likely because I have a full bladder. So, let us pray. I pray, God, the author of both our speech and hearing, to grant me such use of my tongue that you may derive the fullest benefit from listening to me. And to you, the church of God, I pray for such of your ears that I may have no cause to regret having spoken. I pray this in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. It is a great honor to stand before you today as one of you, the people of God. In addition to Christ Church here today, I would like to welcome our brothers and sisters from Red Fork Baptist Church. We are honored by your presence and I by your friendship. As I was praying in preparation for this sermon, I asked God what I should speak about. As Everett had given me the advice to preach about what you, the church, needed to hear, good advice, I think, I decided to ask about this specifically. What does our church need to hear? What do you here today need to hear. I was given the answer, you. This obviously did not make any sense, and I often mishear the voice of God, so I decided that this was probably another example of just that. But as I continued to think and meditate upon this, I came to trust that I had not misheard, but what I had done was I misunderstood the meaning behind this. That God has a sense of humor, I cannot doubt, this was such an occasion of God pulling my leg. In fact, this was an act of what I would call prophetic humor. In other words, a prophetic rebuke done through humor. God was pointing out to me not what he wanted me to speak about. That is, he wasn't telling me that Christ Church needed to hear about me, myself, and I. He was showing me what was in my own heart, saying that I selfishly wanted to be, have the sermon about me. Talk about a slap to the face. So after this humble realization of God's meaning, I heard God speak again, and this time with what I hope is not me once again misunderstanding God. He said, I am here. I took this to mean we needed to hear about God's presence, because you see, oftentimes we do not feel close to God. In fact, sometimes God feels a million miles away. This is why many of us have prayed for God to come into our midst, asking for him to bring our presence, his presence to where we are. I imagine this is in part 
due to our American heritage of deism, the idea that God is distant, unevolved in creation, like a watchmaker. He created the world and then stepped back. But this, this is not the God revealed in Jesus Christ. In the incarnation of God, the word of God, who is the son of God, become human, whom we call Jesus Christ, he shows us a different God. Not only does God come to us personally, but he comes as one of his creatures. He comes as one of us. But there is a deeper reality that I want us to explore that is revealed in the incarnation of God. It is that God has always been incarnational. This is not a one-time event that God has been incarnational. You see, God does not change. Whatever God does is what God, in some sense, has always done. So if God incarnates into humanity and creation, then God must have, in some sense, always have been incarnated into creation. Jesus' incarnation, God becoming fully human, is, of course, a unique, special event. One might say a fuller incarnation. But God has always been an incarnational God. It's the very nature of God. The incarnation of Jesus Christ is the revelation that God has always been near. For God to be incarnational means that he is always meeting us where we are at. He always meets us in our understanding, our personalities, and our experiences. God never expects us to come to him because he is already and always with us. This is the meaning of the word Emmanuel used by the author of the four gospels, God with us. It is through the incarnation that we learn that God has always been with us. This isn't a new thing that's happened. Jesus is revealing this has always been the case. And it continues to be so. And now it is in the fullest incarnation in Jesus Christ that God is with us. The technical term used by theologians to describe this concept is the omnipresence of God. God is present in all times and places. There is nowhere that God is not. How this is ultimately is a mystery. It is above human comprehension, or as our friend Tom Dahlman likes to say, for God to be God, God must be above human comprehension. In the words of North Carolina musician Jess Ray, she says, it may be too good to be understood, but it is not too good to be true. And as Eastern Orthodox scholar and priest Andrew Luth has written, it is through the scriptures that Christ continues to encounter humankind. To read the Bible as scripture is to be open to encounter Christ. The same applies to the writings of the fathers, the history of the church and its councils, the lives of the saints. All these are ways of encountering Christ or of understanding the lineaments of such an encounter. And what makes this a possibility is prayer. It is prayer that creates beings capable of hearing the voice of God. End quote. While all of this may seem abstract and ambiguous and impractical, what Luth is doing in this quote, he's pointing out particular ways through which Christ mediates his presence to us. Christ is brought to us in all these ways and more, and it is prayer that makes us capable of hearing his voice through these things, as well as prayer that makes us aware of God's presence in the first place. So, we may be asking, if God is really present in all places, if God is really near and always near, closer than I could ever imagine, then why does God feel so far away? Especially when a loved one dies, or I'm going through a season of doubt and questioning about my faith. 
depression, or any of the other things that we humans and animals suffer through. Where is God? While I do not claim to have the full answer to those questions, allow me to offer some suggestions. In our world, we are surrounded by so many distractions to all five senses. The TV is always on. We're always on our phones, myself included, playing games, listening to music, answering emails. There are no shortages to the noise and distractions in our life, and they prevent us from being aware of our surroundings and of ourselves. Since God is everywhere and completely surrounds us, added to the fact that we are oftentimes unaware of our surroundings and ourselves, we are therefore unaware of God's presence in our daily lives. For some of you, though, maybe it was through a tragic event that you felt and were aware of God's presence in a way that you usually are not. Suffering, while a terrible thing in and of itself, can be an opportunity to be freed from the typical distractions of daily living. And love can have the same effect. So this is why silence and solitude is so important, because it frees us from the distractions of daily living. I suggest as those who are trying to follow our dear friend Jesus, we must practice becoming aware of ourselves and of our surroundings, and thereby practicing the awareness of God's presence. We see Jesus going off into the wilderness and mountains to find his own silence and solitude. Often he finds quiet places to pray. He also instructs us in the, to be present in the moment when he tells us not to worry about tomorrow or the things that will happen. While going off into the wilderness is a great place to practice silence and solitude, that's not always an option for us in our busy lives here in the city. So there are other ways in which we can do this. Mindfulness meditation and centering prayer are both very practical ways to do this. In mindfulness meditation, we sit and we focus on our breath for a period of time, gently coming back to it every time we become distracted. And in centering prayer, instead of focusing on our breath, we sit and focus on a chosen word, such as hope, love, faith, or Jesus. You can choose any word, really. It's just something to bring your attention back to gently every time you become distracted. The word you choose is also an invitation in the moment for God to work in your life right there in all those moments of prayer. Our contemplative prayer group led by Lynn and Peggy on Tuesdays is a great way to practice these prayers. Headspace, an app I use, has also been helpful um, in practicing mindfulness meditation. So while these are practical ways of practicing silence and solitude and practicing the awareness of God, I believe it is the cry of the human heart, particularly the heart of the Christian, to experience the presence of God. The story of the dedication of Solomon's temple tells of God's glory moving into the temple. In our reading from the Psalms today, we see that this reality of God's glory will not only fill an earthly temple, but the whole world. Indeed, in one sense, this scripture from Psalms is a prophecy of the coming Christ. He is the temple in which God's presence dwells. And in another sense, it is not a prophecy, but it is a witness to the reality that God's glory, which is his presence, has already filled the earth. Indeed, it filled the earth from the moment of creation. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more, go to ChristChurchTulsa.org and peace be with you.